Wednesday. I'm tired of fighting this battle. Shamar Moore leads a team of elite SWAT officers. Me and the rest of this team, we got your back always. You ain't fighting alone. And their next mission is their toughest yet. Risking their lives. Uh, the only thing I know is that there's an expiration date for all of us doing this job. For the city of L.A. and each other. This team is family I never had. Shamar Moore stars in a new SWAT, Wednesday, 10, 9 central on CBS. One day they'll tell a story and some will say it was just a fairy tale. Everything you said is true. Absolutely true. 14 years as Charlotte Mayer. Always given, never taken. But you're having fun. I know you I'm, are. I'm having a good time with Bo Thompson. Somewhere yes. between the right and the left, there's the middle. Four years as NC Governor. This is the best of America. God bless y'all. Behind the scenes conversations. You can't handle the truth. No talking points. Hey, Pat, it's Donald, and I just want to tell you to keep up the good work. We're proud of you. Perspective you won't find anywhere else. Don't put your stupid hat on. WBT presents. It's time for for a Carolina comeback. The Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson. Oh, yeah. I always go right, guys. <laughs> I Some days I make that eye contact and I wonder who's going to speak first because the governor's over here jamming. And I'm thinking, I don't want to break that riff. Mm. Mm. Final day of November. Final day of November. So I'm looking at my uh, tweets last night and I see this one come through from one... Governor Pat McCrory, proud to announce that the Pat McCrory Show is now number one, the number one morning show for a seventh straight month. Our team has proved that serious political insight with a touch of levity and self-deprecation works. Exercise your brain and join us on WBT, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. tomorrow and every day. I'd like to thank our team, Bo Thompson, Jeff, John, Mike, Matt, our news, traffic, David from Asheville. I mean, number one, it might be eight months in a row. I put seventh month in a row, and now I'm confused. We've lost track, and that's We've a good thing. We've lost track. That, that <laughs> is, you know what? We've caused a revolution in radio here in the Charlotte market, and I think nationally, because we do have a radio show that gives insight on serious issues without taking ourselves too seriously. Because we have a little bit too much of that right now. In politics, where we we aren't allowed to have any levity anymore, except on this show, and self-deprecation. And I think we need that right now more than ever, and I appreciate our very loyal audience and growing audience for appreciating the serious discussions, while also appreciating attempts at levity, (laughs) Um, self-deprecation. And also, some music thrown in between. Now, we don't play the whole songs, but we apply the songs to the issues at hand. And as you know, I'm kind of a Beatle nut. And 60s and 70s classic rock nut. So, if you don't like that kind of music, you can listen to Bo's music, which is terrible. You know, Huey Lewis and the News and Def Leppard and all this other... Actually, I like Huey Lewis in the news. It's Def Leppard that I have a problem with. But the point I'm making is we we have caused kind of a revolution in radio. Matt Hanlon took a risk and said, hey, uh, McCrory, why don't you come do five minutes? I did it from bed. Kind of like the John Lennon bed in. (laughs) Me and Yoko. Instead, it was Ann. (laughs) Some, day, some days I had to wake you up. Yeah, some days you did have to wake me up. And then uh, Matt called up and says, how about doing an hour? And I went, ah, come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. So I did an hour. And then great response on the hour. And he said, how about coming on two hours? And I went, really? Come on, man. Come on, man. This is before come on, man was the end thing, too, I might add. <laughs> 
right. So but the, uh, the two hours is work. He's asked me to do even more, and I said, no, that's it. And that's year, it. And the Bo Thompson's got to get some rest. He's up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And, the year and I tw- can't do it without my man, Bo. In the year 2044, 24 hours <laughs> of Pat McCroy. No way. <laughs> but uh, that's great news. And, you know, the media's not covered it because today is Media Monday. Has there ever been an article in McClatchy newspaper about the number one radio show in the Charlotte market, North and South Carolina, of the largest radio market? Not one blip. In McClatchy newspaper. Maybe it's because we're a little critical at times of McClatchy newspaper, which includes the Charlotte Observer. Not one blip on any local rag. The Business Journal doesn't do it. Neither has Charlotte Agenda. But the number one morning show in Charlotte, and Bo Thompson, I'd like to congratulate you two. Your show's doing fantastic in the morning, and we're a great team. So uh, thanks to everyone, and on Media Monday, we're going to talk about, first of all, the big media story that has not been said in Charlotte is the number one radio show right here that you're listening to. I think the articles will probably come tomorrow. Yeah, so that yeah. would be a revolution. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But coming up, uh, I'll tell you what, coming up, we're going to talk about some other major media stories that the left-wing media, which means the mainline media, mainstream media was talking about in September and October that you're not hearing about a thing today. And you wonder why. huh? And then later on today, we're going to be talking about the continued movement for common sense as it relates to the virus. I think, did we make it all through Thanksgiving meals? I called the police on my neighbor. Because my neighbor, I noticed he had his family and kids and his brothers and sisters, and I called the police on them because I went and looked through the you know window and went, uh-oh. Did you make a citizen's I saw, arrest? I made a citizen's arrest. <laughs> so the neighborhood's not real pleased with me. <laughs> but are they ever? Not really. No. no. Pam, how was your Thanksgiving? It was wonderful. Nobody looking through our windows and... Uh, we had chicken, yeah, skipped the turkey, and look, watched Christmas movies. You don't live in my neighborhood because I would have <laughs> called the police on you first. Uh, you would have needed a ladder to get over here. <laughs> this is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110 99.3 WPT. Thompson, remember when uh, remember just in October of uh, earlier this year, two months ago, September, all of a sudden these headlines appeared out of the blue saying that the new post office general of the United States Post Office, a guy named Louis DeJoy, who's a good friend of mine, was going to steal the election for Donald Trump. Steal the election for Donald Trump. At that time, they didn't say, the critics weren't saying, we're questioning our democracy. No, they said Donald Trump is going to steal the election by making Louis DeJoy Postmaster General, which, by the way, the president does not appoint the Postmaster General. The person who appoints the Postmaster General is a board of directors which comprises appointees for the Obama administration and the Trump administration. Louis DeJoy, by the way, was probably the most qualified person for that job in the nation. No, he didn't work for the post office union. No, he had never worked for the post office, but he ran a major multi-billion dollar logistics company. There's been no one more qualified to run the post office than Louis DeJoy since Ben Franklin. And yet the media just went at the narrative of the media. Louis DeJoy, a major fundraiser for Donald Trump, is going to steal the election. He's going to steal the election. He's taking away the boxes. He's taking away the sorting machines. He's laying people off, all of which were bogus because his predecessor under the Obama administration made those decisions. Truth didn't matter. The narrative was set. The Trump administration, through Louis DeJoy, was going to steal the election. Oh, 
So the media every day was going after Lewis to join McClatchy newspaper, CNN, NBC, ABC, BBC, CIA, FBI. Dig it. Dig it. Congress called Lewis DeJoy to a two-day hearing in which they didn't ask him any questions. They just lectured him and yelled at him because that was the narrative. And it was on live TV on CNN because they were ready to take this guy down. Not only were they ready to take Lewis DeJoy down, they were going after his family. His wife, who was my secretary of DHHS, oh, they started... Talking about old stories that were false back when she was my secretary of health and human services. Then they went after her, his kids, their kids. One of them played tennis at Duke, and they said he wasn't good enough. He was a walk-on. <laughs> no scholarship. They went after their family. The election's been uh, held. Have you heard any complaints about the post office since... The election? Silence. Silence. Has the media congratulated Lewis DeJoy and the post office workers for the great they job job in making this the fairest election in United States history, according to the media in 60 minutes? Has CNN or ABC or CBS put Lewis DeJoy on Meet the Press or This Week or Face the nation and go, Mr. Joy, you did an outstanding job. How did you do it? (laughs) How did you do it? You know, the kind of questions that Obama gets. Why are you so great? (laughs) Why are you just so wonderful? Nah, not a peep. Have uh, Nancy Pelosi, who made just direct assaults at Lewis DeJoy, saying, Lewis DeJoy is going to steal this election. Is Nancy Pelosi... Called hearings to congratulate Lewis DeJoy and the post office workers? Nah, it's not part of the narrative. Not one complaint that I've read about about the post office during or since after the election. And Joe Biden, have you sent a thank you note to Lewis DeJoy? <laughs> really? Have you, I mean, or are you afraid of the post office? Are you afraid to put it in the mail and it won't get to Lewis in time? Or are you now working to make sure Louis DeJoy will be fired and not have to work in your administration? You see, Louis DeJoy is a six-year term. He doesn't report to the President of the United States. Now you're finding that out because the media gave a false narrative that Donald Trump made him post office general. False, fake news, lie, CNN. But I guarantee you this, in the next two months, Louis uh, DeJoy will be attacked by Democrats, especially the union that runs the post office. And they're going to try to push him out of office. Yet he's done a great job. If anything, Joe Biden ought to be sending Louis DeJoy a thank you note, and he ought to put it in the mailbox first class. First class, Joe. To Lewis DeJoy. That's D-E-J-O-Y. And send a little letter of uh, sympathy to his family who took all that heat. Undeserved heat. And say thank you for your public service. God bless you. And we hope you stick around for another five years because of the outstanding job you did as Postmaster General. Handling the biggest mail volume we've ever seen in United States history during an election. I'll say it. Thank you, Louis DeJoy. And on behalf of the nation, I apologize for what you and your family went through during the last three months. You didn't deserve it. In fact, if anything, you deserved a Presidential Medal of Freedom. Or how about the Congressional Award? Think it's going to happen? Hell no. 837 on WBT. I gotta ask you here, uh, curious as to whether you abided by your own tweet here. This is, uh, I guess this was on Thanksgiving. It says, Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy family, turkey, football, and a good movie. Dot, dot, dot. No politics. No politics. I discussed no politics on Thanksgiving Day.
I got people mad at me for sending that out, <laughs> saying no politics. Then people got political and attacking me on Twitter. You know, there are some people that don't like me. I'm glad my mom is not alive to hear this because when I was growing up, everyone's my mom said everyone likes you. She, I mean, her bubble would be burst right now if she knew the millions of people who did not. <laughs> That young man, Bo, tries, but... So, uh, Media Monday today. I just talked about the story about Louis DeJoy, Postmaster General. They tried to take him down. Mm-hmm. And turns out post office did a very good job under very difficult circumstances, and they haven't even sent him a thank you note. And CNN hasn't invited him on the show, or MSNBC, or NBC, or CBS or the BBC, or the CIA, or the FBI. No one's thanked Louis DeJoy and the post office workers for the great job they did during the election. Remember they were going to rig the election? And no one questioned. If you made that attack, no one said, how dare you question our democracy? Now, if you question the election, you question our democracy. Before the election, if you question the election... You don't question the democracy. You just asked a fair question about the post office service. Let me tell you another story that we're not reading about. Remember back in August, President Trump said in an interview with Geraldo Rivera that there's a good chance that this vaccine might be ready and announced prior to November. If not, then at least before the end of the year. And CNN and MSNBC and CBS and ABC mocked him. How dare you say that, Mr. President? You're saying that only for politics, to win the election. There will be no vaccine available. Do you remember this in August? President Trump was making offhand remarks based upon his conversations with the three or four major drug companies. There's a good chance... This drug is going to be approved and available. Now I'm reading today's headlines in the paper. There's a good chance this drug is going to be available beyond testing to the general public before year end, which is exactly what Donald Trump said. Turns out CNN's fact check was factually wrong. And Dr. What's that guy's name? Gupta? Sanjay Gupta. I did pretty good there, didn't I? Yeah. Sanya Gupta. Mm-hmm. He said it was dangerous for any politician, especially the president of the United States, to make a promise that might not happen. This won't happen till next year or so. Even Fucci, Anthony Fucci. Okay, Fauci. I know it's Fauci. I just wanted to see if you'd correct me, Mr. Foo- Davidson graduate. Foo Foo Fighters. <laughs> So Dr. Fauci even threw a little cold water on his president's fighters. prediction that this virus, <laughs> vaccine virus, may be available in November or December. Well, it turns out he was right. And it turns out that three or four major drug companies just happened to announce it a week after the election. You know, that was coincidental. It just, they got the word a week after the election through their bureaucracy. Or maybe they put the notice through the mail and Louis DeJoy didn't get it to him through first-class mail because he was rigging the election at the time. That's why the interviews haven't happened. I mean, if you don't see a setup, that is a setup. I don't agree with all these other theories about the machines right now, but I do agree with the theory that Pfizer held off on making the announcement that the vaccine is ready. And Moderna, Moderna, Moderna and AstraZeneca? Yes. The other two? Yes. I would pronounce them correctly for you, but you've already butchered I, them. I botched them, so, you know. Do you think this is not coincidental that the drug companies held off until a week after the election to announce that they have the vaccine? Do you think the CEO and the chairman of the company and the board of directors didn't know before the election that this thing is... It's done. It's finished. I guarantee you they knew, and I guarantee you there were some meetings where they went, what do you think? Should we announce it before or after the election? Because, you know, we're going to lose the Senate. 
the Democrats are going to gain House seats and the president's going to lose in a landslide, especially Florida and North Carolina. That's what CNN's telling us. So we'll hold off on making the announcement. This was the media narrative, and the media has yet to question that announcement. And the media has yet to send a thank you note to President Trump and Vice President Pence and his team and say thank you, Mr. President, for getting this vaccine ready in record time. I haven't seen the headline in McClatchy newspapers either. I didn't hear it on Meet the Press or this week with George Stephanopoulos. Well done. Nor did I hear it from Nora, whatever her name is, from Face the Nation. What's her name? O'Donnell. No, Nora O'Donnell is not on Face the Nation. It's uh, Yeah. Uh, oh, no. Name? She's the anchor for CBS Yeah, she's News. the CBS Evening News anchor. It's more, it's uh, I'll, they all look alike. I can't remember her name. They all look alike now. Oh, wait a minute. I, I, I could be fired for saying that. This could be my last day. This could be my last day. Because it could be my last half hour. Face the nation. Hold on, the new executives from HR. Margaret Brennan. Margaret. I meant to say that brilliant Margaret Brennan. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Media Monday. You meant to say that brilliant. Where's the media doing 60-minute story on... The president promised something, and he fulfilled the promise. Thank you, Mr. President. Leslie Stahl. Oh, Mr. President, how did you do it? (laughs) Tell us the process you did it. Please. Please. This is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110-993 WPT. Eight before nine o'clock on WBT. Panthers lose a heartbreaker yesterday by one point. That means Jim Zoki has chimed in. Does that mean he's officially here? The uh, play-by-play part of the play-by-play team for the Panthers. Jim Zoki joins us now, WBT Sports Director. And I have to give credit where credit is due. I didn't hear this live yesterday, but I need to replay this. 21-10 Carolina. Two defensive scores in a row to open the third quarter festivities. I guess that's how you start the second half. I mean, that's a good way to get things going for your team. Can we call that a double chin? <laughs> Just going to let that breathe Come for on, a second. Double chin. Say thousand it louder. One, thousand two. <laughs> I heard him. I heard Chin again, and uh, but Zoki nailed it uh, as he always does. Wait a minute, Zoki. We're getting a note from our new company that uh, owns our station now. A new company from HR, right here. Uh, do not call anyone <laughs> double chin. It's offensive to all of those people who are double chin, I especially I, me. <laughs> especially I, after Thanksgiving. I mean, this uh, this is an HR memo right now. And they're using it's in. Quotes. I don't know where our memos come from right now, so that's great. <laughs> well, this is the memo. I get them. I get them all for everybody. I'm the point man for HR memos. So, a little side note: I did the uh, WFNZ uh, morning show with T Bone and Mac a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. and unbeknownst oh, the, the to double, me, T the, the Bone did the guys. same. He T Bone tweeted out a longer version, which ends with the punchline double chin. At the same time, I was saying it, but he actually went back and looked, and he actually sent it out about a minute earlier than I did. So uh, we spent about five minutes talking about who should get credit. So I've actually given credit to T-Bone and have bequeathed him any trademark for future T-shirt use or anything else for having uh, tweeted that out faster. Well, Radio.com is not pleased. Not Radio.com, <laughs> excuse me. Radio, Radio Ra- 1. Radio 1. <laughs> Radio 1 is not pleased, according to this memo. I'm, I'm sure they're you, not. You've broke a uh, PC law of uh, Radio 1, calling people well, double chin. It's, offen- it's offensive. It's offensive. This is why I'm giving full credit to T-Bone so yes. that he could actually take the to fall say, for this. What he's trying to say is T-Bone is offensive. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, can I ask but you a question? But he likes being that way. Yes. Can I ask you a question as a member of the media now? Does anyone oh, media, know media how path. to... I mean, there was like two minutes left, then they threw a stupid interception, or I had a fumble on the punt, and we still can't run out the clock. Why cannot you, we run out the clock? You oh. media with your biased questions, Pat. <laughs> You're offensive. 
<sighs> always with your questions. I will tell you this: that was I really thought when they muffed that punt, we recovered inside the ten. That's the end of the ball game. It felt like the end of the ball. I think game. we ran off seven seconds in three we plays. Didn't do anything. Yeah, you know, we had a two-minute warning. They took a timeout. We threw an incompletion, and then. They scored so quickly, there were still 46 seconds left for us to get the ball back down the field and get in Joey Sly field goal range. And why do we play defense where you let them, I mean, like we change the defense when they're on. These are all great questions. I mean, e- even the crowd dispersed, Jim. The crowd left. <laughs> it's like oh, these wait, defenders wait go 50 yards back wait a minute, oh. and dare you to throw it 30 yards with no one near you. Here's the thing: is like offense, defense, and special teams not only all had the chance to close out the game. <laughs> if any of the three had done what they were supposed to do, they would have closed out the game. If the if the offense gets the touchdown, if uh, they hit uh, Teddy with DJ Moore with that catch, if the defense doesn't let Minnesota go unimpeded down the field for a touchdown in a few seconds, and if Joey Sly can kick a field goal 54 yards, which is well within his range, if any of those three things happen, the Panthers win the game. And then Coach Rule said, put it on the coaching staff for the way they handle things in the final two minutes or so with clock and so forth. So it was kind of if any of the four things had happened correctly, the Panthers would have won. That's what I do on this show. When the show goes bad, I put it on Bo. It's Bo's fault. Bo's the clock manager. And you know how I am about the clock. I follow the clock on radio. I mean, you wrote the book Names, Names and clocks. That's your wheelhouse. (laughs) 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 Correct correct pronunciations and a clock. Those are your two wheelhouse. Now, there was one story on the national national, uh, (laughs) tele. Did you hear that? No. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Did you hear Bo just snuck in there? I have no idea what you're talking about. What did he say? I did not say quadruple chin. Sorry. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I'm, this is workplace harassment. He hosts the show, Jim. He only occasionally listens. <laughs> First time caller. <laughs> no, listening is not required. <laughs> just, just remember, I taught you everything you know, but not mm-hmm. everything I know. So, right. so um, the big story of the of the game actually was the guy who muffed the punt, and then he scored the winning touchdown. Yes, Chad Beebe. And his dad played, too. Right, Don Beebe, who was briefly with the Panthers, as a matter of fact, but mostly, obviously, with the Buffalo Bills. But, yeah, for Carolina to uh, (laughs) let him become the GOAT, and then he becomes the actual GOAT. Yeah, Don Beebe used to play for the Goo Goo Dolls, too. Or was that the Foo Foo Fighters? That would be the Foo Foo Fighters. The the Goo Dolls. I mean, that was the story. It was was an... it was the goo dolls. The, the goo the goo fighters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. But yes, all those bad but things. That was the human through. interest story of that game was uh, this BB guy who got redemption. Not many people get redemption. The but, bad news it was for the other team. But unfortunately, what's lost in all of that, who should have been the storyline, was to go back to the double chin. I mean, never in NFL history, Jeremy Chin scores two defensive touchdowns in like 10 seconds of clock. I mean, we'll, we'll never see that again. And they lost the game. Coach Rule said there's like a 97% chance of probability of win when you score two defensive touchdowns. Actually, they, they really tried to give us the game, and we didn't even take it when they handed it to us. That's the beauty of that's you know kind of the the, the wonder of Thanksgiving, Pat, is uh, <laughs> to to give and not to receive. That's what Thanksgiving is all about, Charlie. Brown. That's right. We we you gave both, it right back. You both are going to get an HR memo. <laughs> this, you're, on, uh, you're on double. I can't re- both of the great you thing are, is I can't re- I can't receive email right now from any of them, so I will I will never know. You're on double secret probation. Let me know. No. Let me tell you right now. Double chin secret probation. <laughs> <laughs> Or quadruple, somebody oh, yes, said. Exactly. This is the problem with the media. They get <laughs> into name calling. There's no name calling on the Pat McCrory show, and both of you have broken that rule. Well, let me. You do said that. you were the media. <laughs> I am. You equal said you time. were media. This is such a confusing. It's all, and it's all brought to you by New Serum Brewing Company. <laughs> clear, clear. It, where you can get a double chin. That's right. <laughs> if we're doing this live from New Serum Brewing Company. All right, Zoke, thank you. Oh, Carry on. Yes, Zoke will be on uh, WFNZ tonight for Panther Talk while the Tar Heels play on WBT at 6 o'clock. First comes spring and summer. Pat McCoy is my friend. Thank you. But then we have fall. And winter. 14 years as Charlotte Mayor. Thanks, Governor. Thanks for having me. And this, this actually all started under your leadership. 
with uh, this brainstorming of what are all the pieces we can put together. Four years as NC governor. You see, I'm one of the only radio people in the country who've been in the corporate suites, who've been in the governor's suite, who've been in the mayor's suite. Behind the scenes conversations. Who's been in the Oval Office. Hey, Pat, it's Donald, and I've been watching you all morning, actually, and you're doing phenomenally well. No talking points. If I can help at all, just let me know. Give me a call. I always do right. WBT presents. And then we get the Pat McCrory show with Bo Thompson. Spring and summer again. What did that mean? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't either. Well, Mr. Garner, I must admit that is one of the most refreshing and optimistic statements I've heard in a very, very long time. Charlotte's number one rated morning show for over half a year now. The Pat McCrory Show continues on this Monday, the final Monday in November. The final Sunday in November for 2020. President Trump did something he hasn't done since Election Day, he had a he, he agreed to a, an interview, mm-hmm. a long form interview. This was with Maria Bartiromo on Fox. What do they call it? Uh, Sunday Morning Futures on Fox News Channel yesterday. Here is a bit of what he said. This was corruption because we got far more votes than him. We got 74 million votes. He did not get anywhere near 80. And that's 74 before they throw away. You know, they threw away ballots. They threw away many Trump ballots. That's the easiest way they could cheat. But we got 74 million votes. He didn't get anywhere close to 80 million votes. And you believe you will be able to prove this in the coming weeks? Well, I'm, I'm going to use 125% of my energy to do it. Uh, you need a judge that's willing to hear a case. You need a Supreme Court that's willing to make a real big decision uh, based on everything that it's, it's not like you're going to change my mind. In other words, my mind will not change in six months. Uh, there was tremendous cheating here. Boxes were brought in. The mail-in vote is, is a disaster. President Trump on Fox yesterday talked to uh, Maria there, Governor, for about 45 minutes. So uh, that's out there. Donald Trump uh, needs to show his evidence like today. His time's run out. And he should have hired a decent legal team to prepare for this long before the election. And I know Rudy Giuliani very well. He is not the right lawyer for this job. He's not an election lawyer. You know, there are certain lawyers you hire for specific skills. You know, if you want an ambulance chaser, you get an ambulance chaser. If you want someone good at class action suits against faulty products, you hire someone who's good at class action suits. If you want someone of corporate law, you review corporate law. You get a corporate law lawyer. If you want someone with election law, you hire election law lawyers, and there are a lot of them in Washington, D.C. There are even some in Raleigh, North Carolina. And... Donald Trump did not enter, did not hire election law lawyers, or they're nowhere to be seen. He's running out of time. I keep hearing all these theories and all these uh, accusations. I think they're missing the point. I think the entire point, as I've said for months now, had to do with ballot harvesting. And their people weren't out there to catch people in ballot harvesting, whether it be union workers in Philly and Detroit or Las Vegas. Ballot harvesting, which is legal in California and Nevada, which is illegal in North Carolina, which caused a congressional election to be overturned. If there was any fraud, I think it came from ballot harvesting, not the machines. And not boxes being snuck in, because I haven't seen the evidence. I'd like to see the evidence, but I haven't seen the evidence. Mr. President, you've got to have the facts. You've got to have a decent lawyer to present in front of a court, whether it be in Nevada or Arizona or Pennsylvania. And right now, your lawyers have failed miserably. And speaking of Trump and the governor here, there's uh, something else we need to get I've to. I've got a next. UNC law professor for all you UNC graduates, including my good brother, Phil. He's made some accusations about me and voter fraud, things I said about voter fraud, which I've never said. 
which UNC Chapel Hill should be ashamed of. I think this is one of the guys that refused to shake my hand when I taught for eight months. You know, I looked the part. I had my goatee. I had my tweed jacket. I had my pipe. And the son of a gun still wouldn't shake my hand. I just didn't look the part for a Chapel Hill professor, no matter how much I tried to dress up like that. This is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110, 99.3 WPT. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. So, uh, don't know much about many years ago, James Taylor from Chapel Hill redid this famous classic song mm-hmm. with Art Garfunkel and Paul Simon. You probably used to play this in your dorm room at Davidson. Not this one. This is swell. So it's appropriate that James Taylor from Chapel Hill ended up becoming a flaming liberal. <laughs> Love his music. Fire and Rain's one of the greatest songs ever. Agreed. But, you know, he campaigned for Hillary and Obama and Biden, and he has every right to do that, and I have every right to still want to listen to his music despite his political beliefs, right? Sure. Even, even though there are times I go, God, I'm listening to some guy who's a radical left-wing guy, but he's, he's a nice guy. I've seen him in concert many times. I heard a different version of this because I was watching something else. It is kind of a slow version, isn't it? Yeah. The reason I bring this up, as you know, I was a professor at uh, UNC Chapel Hill for eight weeks. I call myself professor. Mm -hmm. I was a visiting professor. I call you Teach. Hey, Teach. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I wore my tweed jacket and my uh, patches on the... Yep. In my ripped blue jeans, mm-hmm. kind of like Def Leppard, and my <laughs> flip-flops, yeah. and my beads, had a little uh, thing in my nose, <laughs> a ponytail, goatee. All of that went together except Def Leppard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the perfect ripped blue jeans. They were, you know, washed. They looked like I've been, I had the blue jean. You know the look, the liberal left-wing look. I had it. At Chapel Hill. And when I got to Chapel Hill, the political science professors there wouldn't even shake my hand. It was like, I go, hi, how you doing? They just walk right by me. So one professor by the name of Professor Michael Gethart, UNC law professor, not in political science department, but this is a law professor. Apparently, has made an attack toward me in a, uh, a, a liberal rag called North Carolina Policy Watch. They try to pretend they're not liberal, but they're left-wing all the way, and McClatchy newspaper reprints all their newspapers. But anyway, they're, they're mad at Donald Trump. They're, they're mad at Donald for saying there's fraud and election meddling and disloyalty among his party members. And All right, hang on. That one's over. I'm going to change it. Gonna... Okay. Come on, let's let's get the let's get to the good one. Okay. Yeah, this has a little more. Thank you. Yes. So uh, NC Policy Watch uh, released an article uh, last week saying Pat McCrory was like an amateur Trump. He tried to use some of the same tools while he was governor, but Trump was much better at it. Trump has done a good job of destroying people's belief in democratic institutions. But in the end, McCrory ran into some of the same things Trump ran into. Officials who did their job and systems that worked and people in his own party who defended those systems and institutions. When then Pat McCrory narrowly lost to Roy Cooper, he refused to concede. Instead, McCrory and his allies, allies, spent most of November baselessly claiming there has been massive voter fraud. And the article goes on. First of all, we didn't we didn't say massive voter fraud. We had a recount, which are the tools that required us to do that by law, because Roy Cooper was up by 5,000 votes out of 4.6 million. This was a close election, just like Paul Newby's Democratic opponent is going through a recount right now, and no one is accusing Paul Newby's opponent of 
doing anything wrong or using the tools and not conceding. No, she should ask for a recount, and she did. See, it's okay for the Democrats to ask for a recount, but when the Republicans are doing it, it's an attack on democracy. And that's what this UNC professor is saying. You notice the UNC professor doesn't say the Georgia candidate for governor who lost two years ago, Stacey Abrams, who's the new rock star of the Democratic Party, she's still claiming she is governor of Georgia, and she was never elected governor of Georgia. She's still claiming voter fraud. Still today, she is claiming voter fraud. Or what do they call it in the Democratic circles? Voter suppression. You see, if you call it voter suppression, it's not an attack on democracy. If you call it voter fraud, it's an attack on democracy. That's the game the Democrats are playing, especially the professors at UNC Chapel Hill. So I did what the Supreme Court candidate, the Democrat candidate, is doing right now in North Carolina. I asked for a recount. We're now in what? December tomorrow? Mm-hmm. She has yet to concede the election. Do I see the UNC professor from Chapel Hill, Michael Gerhardt, attacking the Democratic candidate for Chief Justice of the North Carolina Supreme Court? Hell no. Because they're hypocrites. They're lying to their students. And you as parents who are paying for the tuition of your kids to go in UNC Chapel Hill ought to be calling out some of these liberal professors. And just think, this professor right now is training lawyers. (laughs) That's scary because he's lying. He's lying in NC Policy Watch. And he's lying to his students. And he's being paid by me and you, the listeners of this station, through your tax dollars to lie to the people of North Carolina. Did I have a right to have a recount? Yes. Do Democrats like Stacey Abrams have a right to go through a recount? Yes. Does Donald Trump have a right to have a recount? Yes. That's what the law provides. And after the recount ends and it shows you lost or won, you say it. You concede and you go through a peaceful transition, which is exactly what I did. Do I still have questions about what the hell happened in Durham? Yes. I still have questions. Am I making widespread accusations? No. Because I don't have the proof. I only have the questions. I've been clear in the deferential between the two. Mr. Professor of Law at Chapel Hill, Michael Gerhardt, whatever. <laughs> and I'm paying this guy through my tax dollars. <clears throat> I'm going to go back and grow my ponytail, put my earring in my nose and ear and rip T-shirts and my Grateful Dead T-shirt and jeans, rope belt, flip-flops, I'm going to move to Elizabeth neighborhood. Beads. <laughs> he has been growing it since birth. I'm going to start looking like the news department guys looking WBT. I'm going to start looking like Jeff Atkinson. <laughs> Jeff is a suave looking dude. You better. <laughs> uh, you should see him in the weekends. <laughs> Wait a minute. Everybody knows you don't work weekends. <laughs> 935 on News Talk 1110 WBT. Still time for you to call 704-374-3800. That's the Big Finish Hotline where you each day on the Pat McCrory Show get to chime in. Your thoughts on uh, something the governor's talked about or maybe it's something he hasn't talked about. Really anything and everything. This is the fair game part of the show that the listeners control. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you about... Uh... The election, some of the voting fraud accusations, and also the postal office did their job and is yet to get a thank you note. And we just talked about UNC Chapel Hill professor, but I'll tell you one person I want to compliment from Chapel Hill, who's a proud graduate of the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, is the one and only David Chadwick, Charlotte's minister in the City of Hope. With a big update about the City of Hope. David, good morning. 
Well, good morning, Bo. Good morning, Pat. Yeah, you know, your listeners, I hope, are proud to be a part of this campaign with a matching gift from the church that I pastor, Moments of Hope Church, $50,000 to raise another fifty for the purpose of feeding hungry kids in the city of Charlotte. You know, again, with all the rancor politically, can't we find a common enemy uh, among all the divisions, and that is hunger among kids. I mean, Pat, you've said it so often that they didn't choose this. They don't deserve this. So as of this morning, we have uh, given uh, by your listeners $23,890 uh, toward the matching gift. That's about 48% of our goal between Thanksgiving and the end of the year to raise this money to feed hungry kids. And people can still give. They can go to cityofhopeclt.org. Again, cityofhopeclt.org. Every gift is matched. Your $5 becomes 10 Your 50 becomes 100 And anything beyond the $50, i will send my most recent book, I'm Moving Beyond Anxiety, a good book for times like these. And it's just such a great update, guys, $23,890 as of this morning. Wow. That, that, that money brings a lot of, a lot of food to uh, kids, and that's what it's all about. And sadly, we have a lot of kids whose parents are unemployed, especially if they're in the travel and tourism industry, which has really been impacted by this uh, virus. I mean, you, you think about if your parent's a cab driver or an Uber driver or works for a rental car company or works for the airlines right now, I mean, you're hurting. You don't know where your yeah. next paycheck's going to come from. You can't pay your utility bill. You know, you can't pay your rent. And the biggest thing, you can't pay for food in the grocery store while most of us take that for granted. Yeah. And, and it's really horrible to think about in our city, this uh, city that is shining in so many different ways. We have an underbelly of hunger, especially among children, and that just shouldn't happen. So again, we're almost at $48,000 right now through uh, our relationship with Moments of Hope Church and WBT Radio, and uh, we're making some great strides. We're almost halfway there, so uh, people can continue to give, and we can reach that $100,000 goal that we've set for ourselves and really make a dent on the numbers of kids and families that are going through this time of year with hunger, which just shouldn't happen. It's supposed to be a season of joy like no other. Well, this is Media Monday, where I've been doing critiques of the media, good, the bad, and the ugly. And today, right now, during this segment, it's the good part of the media, where we're trying to use the media through David Chadwick's voice, Charlotte's minister, David Chadwick, a UNC Chapel Hill graduate, basketball player, <laughs> and he loves to give. He loves to give, and we're trying to encourage other people to give, and that's how we're trying to use this radio show. I know it's, this part is not entertainment. It's the truth. People are hungry right now. Well, it's not only, yeah. uh, it's not only Media Monday. It's Cyber Monday, and uh, why not go to cityofhopeclt.org and uh, make a contribution. Moments of Hope Church, WBT, the Charlotte Rescue Mission, Camino Community Center, and the King's Kitchen, David, all joining forces here, and uh, really uh, impressive what's happened so far, but let's not stop. Yeah, we're just about 10 days into this, Bo, and it's quite remarkable. Again, almost $24,000 has been given, not just pledged, actually given, and that's a $48,000 gift. So let's double that and really make an impact. You know, from my faith perspective, um, I've always believed it's more blessed to give than to receive that, you know, we've joked, but the two words miser and miserable come from the same word source. <laughs> so people can really have a joyous part in their hearts if they participate in feeding hungry kids. I know their hearts will soar with gladness as they do that kind of thing. And all this money stays in the Charlotte region. There is no overhead. It's Every do check you give or every dollar you give is not going to go pay administrators. It's going directly to buy food. Exactly, Pat. 100% of the donation will be given to the places that are feeding the hungry kids. No administrative costs. It's tax deductible because it's going through Moments of Hope Church. And the purpose is just to find a way that our city can come together on something that's more important than all of our divisions, and that is feeding hungry kids. And, you know, my heart is just to serve. My heart's to give. That's all I really want to do for the rest of my life. I want to end my life and ministry strong, and the best way to do that is by serving other people. I need to Dave Chadwick, one more time, The uh, how do you send the donation? To cityofhopeclt.org, cityofhopeclt.org. Um, it's a chance to make Charlotte into a shining city of hope that can be an example for the rest of the country on how we can come together around a common need. Dave, Dave Chadwick. Chadwick. 
Thank you very much. We'll uh, stay in touch and uh, get periodic updates as we go on here. And uh, right around the corner is the big big finish. finish. 704-374-3800. We want to hear from our loyal listeners on the number one rated show in Charlotte Market. We're honored to have you as our loyal listeners. Uh, Give us a call. 704-374-3800. And if you're new to the mix here, uh, we hear every call. And if the governor likes what he hears, then you make it. Even if I dislike the call, I might play it as long as you're not rude, as long as you're not involved in name calling, as long as you don't cuss. Well, if it has any of those things, you won't like it. Yeah, but there's some things I might not agree with you. Right, right, right. And there I might not like it because I don't agree with you, but I, I, I take opposing opinions. So what you're saying is be... Interesting, yes, and you can be funny too. <laughs> we 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 do attempts at humor, most fail, but what the heck? <laughs> Sometimes when you fail in humor, it's even more funny. <laughs> this is true. Nine forty-two on News Talk eleven ten WBT. So the queue is filling up. Seven zero four three seven four thirty eight hundred. If you want to be part of the big finish, brought to you by Rug Source. Do it now, or forever hold your peace. Seven zero four three seven four thirty eight hundred. This is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110-993 WPT. Welcome back to the Pat McCrory Show on this final Monday in November, actually final day of November. Tomorrow is December 1st, 704-374-3800. The Big Finish brought to you by Rug Source, as it is every day. We invite your phone calls and Wrap up the show, the number one rated morning show in Charlotte for seven months running. So I'm sending out a tweet right now, and I don't do this every day. I send out a tweet once every two, three weeks at most. But I'm sending a tweet out saying, no thank you from media, Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or Joe Biden to Postmaster General Louis DeJoy for the post offices doing a great job during most recent election. Not one thank you. Despite all the accusations by CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, PBS, that uh, Louis DeJoy and the Postmaster General were going to steal the election from the Democrats. Now there's total silence. And I think it's time we thank our, not only our, our uh, Postmaster General, but we thank our local Post office employee who delivers the mail and say, hey, thanks. You did a heck of a job. Not only just delivering and getting the ballots done for all the uh, ballots that were delivered by the mail, but also for all the mail that came, all those daggum campaign uh, mail out, mailers that just dominated our mailbox. Well, we'd ask a delivery person to uh, do that. Post, we used to call them postmen, postmen, postwomen. And they work hard, and they're nice, and uh, my dog doesn't like them, but they're good people, they're working hard, they did their job. And yet their union leaders were claiming fraud. They're going to steal the election, Louis DeJoy and Donald Trump. No correction of the news from August, September, October, and November to Louis DeJoy and to his family who were just unmercifully attacked. And no thank you to our president, Donald Trump, for fulfilling his promise to set up an organization to get the private sector to work on a vaccine for the virus. He said we'd most likely get it before the end of the year, and it looks like that's going to happen. So thanks to Donald Trump, thanks to Vice President Pence, thanks to his team, thanks to all the scientists in the private sector who made this happen. And let's don't take them for granted. And Joe Biden, it might be good for you to thank the president. Be classy. Be classy, man. Be classy and thank the president and say, hey, you did your job on this. You can be critical of other things where you disagree with President Trump, but why don't you be classy and help unite this country and say, Thank you to the current administration for setting up a process to find a vaccine for this terrible, terrible virus. Unite this country. 
704-374-3800. We're having some technical issues with our uh, our call-in line. We're having technical issues with our internet, with our call-in line, but <laughs> we're yet, adjusting. We persevere. We persevere. I can read your last tweet, which said, Proud to announce that the Pat McCrory Show is now number one morning show for seventh straight month. Our team has proved that serious political insight with a touch of levity and self-deprecation works. Exercise your brain and join us on WET from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. each day. I stole that line, exercise your brain, from my dad. Whenever I didn't want to do my homework or watch TV, he'd go, go read a book. And i go, Dad, a gun spoke's on. He'd go, <laughs> Laugh-In is on. I'm showing my age. This is back in the age when you're in elementary school and you want to watch. The monkeys are on. And my dad would say, shut the daggum TV off. And he wouldn't say it in exactly those terms. And go read a book and exercise your mind. And that's what we're trying to do on this show is get our listeners to exercise their mind and bring up issues from a point of view that you hear nowhere else. You don't hear it on Fox or CNN or any other radio show, especially in Charlotte. You hear it right here on the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson. Then you can tell Festus to learn how to read. (laughs) I don't think Festus ever knew how to read. To the new generation who doesn't know who Festus is, you lost out on a great character. I'm sure it replays somewhere. He was the Barney Fife of his time. For those who don't know who <laughs> Barney Fife say. is, he was the Fonzie of his time. Again. For those who don't know who Fonzie is. You're approaching the 80s now. <laughs> okay, come up with something. Quick. I 80s. He was the, who's the character in your favorite show where the woman's in jail right now? Oh. Well, you could go Uncle Jesse. He was the Uncle Jesse of his time. For those who don't know Uncle Jesse. Wait a minute, i got to catch up with the music here. Hold on, let me catch up. All right. Now we're into the 90s. All right, now we're into the 2000s. For those who don't know Festus. Or Barney. Full House is the 90s. And 80s. Or what was the guy's name? Jesse. Uncle Jesse. You're talking about John Stamos. John Stamos. Or George from Seinfeld. Okay, yeah, now you're moving forward a little bit. Am I moving forward? Yeah. What's a current show? What's a current show that you watch? I know what I'm watching. I talked about this on the morning show. I watch, uh, my wife and I watch uh, Mediterranean under dock or under whatever it is Below called. Below deck? Below deck. Yes, Mediterranean. That's right. Below Deck. We're kind of hooked on that. It takes our mind off of politics. Below Deck, Mediterranean, and the captain. Now, see, my latest obsession that I discovered over the weekend Mm -hmm. is going back to the 80s by way of 2018, which is Cobra Kai. Never heard of it. You got to watch it. But see, you never did. You ever watch the original Karate Kid movie? Yeah, Ralph Macchio. Okay, then then you need to watch Cobra Kai. That's my public service. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Is this on Netflix or something? It is on Netflix. Yes. Cobra Kai. Have you ever heard of that, uh, John? Yes, he has. Yes. Is it PG? Uh, Or is it like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where you have the poster of? uh, No, no, it's it's in the middle. Phoebe. Phoebe Cates. Is she in it? She is not. But uh, Ralph Macchio is. I'm telling you. I'd heard about this for months, and I finally watched it over the weekend. Now I can't get enough of it. Cobra Kai. You'll thank me later. I don't know if it could be Below Deck. Well, The Mediterranean. Maybe Below Deck, but definitely not Gunsmoke. <laughs> Festus. <laughs> I can't believe you, know you know who was Festus' partner at one time? In the early Gunsmoke? No, I don't. That's why I have you here. <laughs> Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Burt Reynolds started his career on Gunsmoke. Who is no longer with us. <laughs> neither is Festus. Neither is James Arnaz. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but I'm making some people smile right now who are my age and older. See, this is what happens when the phones don't work. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I loved old Festus. Matt, Matt, you were right. He he drew his gun first. <laughs> and Matt gets that shoulder wound every time. His shoulder must have been shot 30 or 40 times. 
It's the end of the world as we know it. I really it. think it is. Ever since the gun smoke. Yes. My dad, he'd let us watch gun smoke, but not laugh in or the monkeys. Wouldn't let it happen. Yeah, see, with me, it was. See, instead, I exercised my mind. I was too busy watching the A team. <laughs> Mo loves gun smoke. Reruns of Mo- gun smoke on TV land. Oh and Kitty and Doc. Uh, I got to stop this. <laughs> now you're in my territory right here. Oh, we're going to have the phones go up. We apologize if you called. We couldn't uh, get our phones working. <laughs> See you tomorrow, fool. Wednesday. I'm tired of fighting this battle. Shamar Moore leads a team of elite SWAT officers. Me and the rest of his team, we got your back always. You ain't fighting alone. And their next mission is their toughest yet. Risking their lives. Uh, the only thing I know is that there's an expiration date for all of us doing this job. For the city of L.A. and each other. This team is family I never had. Shamar Moore stars in a new SWAT. Wednesday, 10, 9 central on CBS.